from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Do we have four reasons each to be optimistic about the Canes' chances in this Eastern Conference final, even yes. though they trail 2 nothing. Yes, yes, I would once again agree. Absolutely. My answer is yes. Do you want to go first on this one, or should I? Sure. Now, we probably have some similar we, ones We do. We, I think we do, because, come on, let's, let's be real. It's hard to come up with eight of these. But there are plenty of reasons that I think will actually translate. I'll, I'll go ahead and get started. Okay, go for it. So, we mentioned it earlier on in the show. The Florida Panthers, I almost said Carolina Panthers, the Florida Panthers are 2-3 and three at home this postseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I do not think that is a... A bad look for the state of Florida or anything like that. I think you got to show that Southern hockey solidarity there. But it, the facts are the facts. The Panthers play much better on the road than they do at home. And with two home games coming up for the Panthers against the Hurricanes, could give Carolina a chance to come in there and, and even up the series again, make it 2-2 going back to PNC Arena. All right, my first one, fresh Freddie Anderson. A fresh Freddie Anderson who was stellar, outstanding in game one. Rod chose to sit him in game two, which makes total sense in the in the fact that both Ronta and Freddie Anderson have both been, even late this season, have both been nicked up. They have a history of that. And Rod's even acknowledged the fact that, hey, Freddie Anderson and Auntie Ronta both have had a little bit of an injury history. So it went with Ronta game two, and Ronta was fine. Ronta was perfectly fine in game two. They did not lose that game because of Auntie Ronta. But I think having a fresh Freddie coming in, again, the skaters, this both these teams have played 10-plus periods of hockey. It's a lot of hockey. It's a lot of hockey. 10-plus periods of hockey. They played, I lost track of the minutes. A lot. Over 200 minutes of hockey. It was, I mean, game one was nearly, what, was uh, nearly it was 100 basically minutes. 100, no, 140 minutes. Oh, yeah. Oh, if you, oh, in overtime alone. Is overtime what I'm alone, yeah. exactly. Uh, so they've played the equivalent of just over 10 periods of hockey. But I have a fresh goalie, the way he played in game one coming in. I think that's great, which leads into my second thing. Yes. Bobrovsky will be human at some point. Sergey Bobrovsky, the Florida Panthers goalie, at some point will be human. And I think all the hockey being played in terms of just the number of minutes, eventually that will wear him down at some point. So that's my first two things. I, I agree. Um, I actually agree with you about the the whole Freddie, the goalie situation yeah. between Freddie and Antiwanta. I think that when you look at the the top three uh, goalies when it comes to uh, expected goals against, uh, uh, expected uh, extra, excuse me, um, There's a stat. Yes, there is. There, there is a numbers. stat. Goals saved above expected. Thank there you. There it is. Goals saved above expected. You know, Bobrovsky is at 17.3 goals saved above expected, meaning that in a normal kind of situation, you would be expected that 17 more goals would have been scored against him. A lot of that has to do with That's how many insane. shots he's seen. It's crazy. That's insane. It's 17. absolutely ridiculous. Number three on that list, though, in the postseason right now is Freddie Anderson, who is 8.8 goals saved above expected. Wow. So, Freddie is right there competing. If, if Bobrovsky was not having the postseason that we were seeing, people would be talking a lot more about Freddie Anderson. Auntie Ranta, as well, is in the top 12 currently in that setup. Mm-hmm. The Hurricanes are the only team with two goalies in the top 12 
in goal save above expected in the postseason. So they have that strong foundation overall. They're, that's not something that is collapsing on them anytime soon, which I think gives them a very high floor to pay, play with every game. So I think they're they're going to continue to get great goal play from them, especially with Freddie starting at, at here uh, in game three. Speaking of three, yep. number three for me, the law of averages. I'm going to read you a definition here. This is from uh, uh, goodolddictionary.com. Oh. The principle that supposes most future events are likely to balance any past deviation from a presumed average. It's a lot of words. It is a lot of words. It's a lot of words. It's a lot of words to say, Dennis, that everything kind of comes back down to that middle, to that average. And because of how tight these games have been, playing on just a very thin line here for the Panthers and the Canes, it's been just the slightest tip of the puck is what changes who wins and who loses in the series. I think that the Canes are due a couple of those good bounces. I think the hockey gods should smile down upon them, bestow their blessings oh, okay. to the Carolina Hurricanes in Game 3. That's how I view it. I think I think things will balance out a little bit, and then it'll be up to Canes to swing that momentum in their direction. That ties into what my third thing is, is that Carolina has been right there. Right there. In every single game. Every minute of this series has been played at either tied or within one goal. Every minute of this series. Again, so it's not like Carolina is being out-talented. It's not like Carolina is being outplayed. It's like you mentioned, just a couple of bounces here and there. If if Jacob Slavin's stick doesn't somehow end up in the skate of Brent Burns. It's, it's ridiculous. He might be right there to tie up Matthew Kachuk's stick and prevent that overtime winner. Might be. I, I I wouldn't even say might be. I think he would be. Well, yeah. But 100%. You never know. Like, that pass could have gone off of Brent Burns' skate and gone in before 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 we all know it. But nevertheless, Carolina has been right there every single game. They have not been outplayed. You can, if you were to score it like a fight in terms of periods one, Carolina, probably the 10 periods, has probably won six of them. It's so been again, right there. They're not being outplayed. No. Now, there are stretches and moments where Florida is controlling the play. Well, yeah, that makes sense. It's the Eastern Conference Final. Yeah, these teams They're are not going to dominate for 60 minutes. No, this is this is the first time in NHL history that both the Western and Eastern Conference Final have started with two overtime games each. Yeah. These are four very close, very tight teams. Which leads into my final thing. And we might have the same final thing. I believe we do. Rob Brindamore. Rod Brindamore. Now, I know on Saturday when he was asked about, hey, in 06, in 2006, in the first round against Montreal, when Rod Brindamore was the captain of the Carolina Hurricanes as a player, they lost two games at home to Montreal. Down 0-2, then had to go on the road. They ended up winning four straight after that. This was in the first round of the playoffs. So it can be done. Obviously, he was a player on that. Now, he was asked, like, hey, can you draw on that experience, talk about your players with it? He's like, not really in the sense of it's kind of old news. Like, that's the past. Like, this is obviously now. That's the past. But that's still, I mean, in my opinion, that's just got to show that, hey, guys, I know what it's like to be in this position. You can do this. Even just something as simple as that. It's like, I truly know what it's like to be where you are. We did this. So can you. Athletes have found motivation from smaller chips. 
Oh, yeah. I, I, w- I would say that. And when I say Rod Brindamore, I mean, like, the best coach in the NHL, Rod Brindamore. And his ability to make adjustments and motivate the players. What, what we've seen this Canes team, and you mentioned it earlier on in the show, the way they found ways to come back, to make adjustments, the way this roster is built, the way they've been able to battle back through injuries. Rod Brindamore, I think, just as a coach, could be the X factor here. He, he mentioned um, on Sunday before they left to Florida that, hey, we can't change just for the sake of changing. Yeah, We have to change for a reason. We change to make more opportunities, and there are plenty of opportunities out there. There's no need to change. It's At this point, it's you just have to execute what is better. And Rob Brennamore actually talked about that earlier today in the morning skate. Hey, just finish. It's pretty hard, I think, for either team to dominate the game. I mean, everybody's trying to do the same thing. So at some point, you're going to have your time, and we haven't cashed in on our time. We need to... When we're going good and we're getting kind of the, the ice is tilting our way, we gotta we gotta find a way to cash in. Simple as that. Just gotta it, find a way to cash in. I, I know we like to try and make things more complicated, but I mean really, it really is just that simple. Like don't let the puck bounce off the post. Move it a little bit to the left. Let it go in the back of the net. And that's the that's the thing as well, is that we saw Tara Vine had an opportunity in the second period on Saturday. Go back to game one in oh overtime gosh. when Seth Jarvis Rebound opportunity right there in the slot on the power play. Puts it right over Bobrovsky. Elevated the puck like he needed to. And it hits off the bottom of the crossbar and straight down and bounces out. Like you're literally a centimeter away from winning that game. Yeah. That's, again, that's the the fraction of how close this series actually has been. A couple moments, like that one and another one possibly in in game number two, Canes are up 2 nothing. You're like, hey, we're feeling good. We won an overtime. Let's go on the road. Let's kick that tail. Let's go. But, no, that's, uh, again, just how mar- like razor thin the margins are. You get to 2-1, and one, and you feel a lot different about the overall landscape yep. of this series. Just get to 2-1. and one. Hey, we talk about you got to win 4-5. and Got to win 1 first. Just go win 1. That's true. Just go win 1. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Let's get into hit it and quit it. Hey. All right, first thing, game three tonight. Hurricanes at Panthers. Now, my question for you is this. Are you scared? Are you okay? I mean, how are you doing? Like, how are you handling this right now if you're a Panthers or if you're a Carolina Hurricane fan? I'd say right now you're you're tense. Yeah. But it does not feel uh, impossible yet. It does not. It doesn't feel impossible. And this is something we had talked about earlier. If you missed any of our conversations, check it on the Best of 99 on the Fan Podcast. But this can be done, and it actually has already been done this postseason. Yes. The New Jersey Devils, in round one, fell behind 2-0, losing both games at home, got blown out 5-1 in each of those two games at home to the New York Rangers, won that series in seven. They had to go on the road, down 0-2, and they took care of business. 
So, yes, it can be done. And we already know that we're better than the New, than the New Jersey Devils because we beat them five the, games to one. The transitive, Despite what ESPN and Patrick Subban will tell you. The, the transitive property. I'm sorry, PK Subban. That, that's okay. You got, you, got a, you got a little emotion over there. It's fine. A little bit. Um, the transitive property of sports will tell you mm-hmm. that if the New Jersey Devils were able to accomplish this and the Carolina Hurricanes beat the New Jersey Devils, therefore the Carolina Hurricanes are able to accomplish this. You just, mm-hmm. You're taking the margin of error and you're shrinking it. Instead of a best-of-seven series, guess what? It's now a best-of-five series, and, and you got to win four of those five games. That's just that's where you are. That's where things are. Is that Yes, that's how the math works. That's yeah. how the math works. I was thinking, I was like, I was, I was nervous there for a second. I'm not great at math. But that's just what the situation is uh, for for the Hurricanes. And, you know, it's a, it's a tough place to be in, but it is it is not impossible. I will stand on this table and say that it is not impossible. Well, I want you to do that. You want me to quit that and hit this or stand on the table? Yeah, let's quit that. Let's hit okay. This. Let's quit that and this hit, and then hit this. We'll, we'll transition now from uh, one playoff series to uh, another <laughs> to another playoff series from the NHL to the NBA. Lakers and Nuggets. They play Game Four tonight. Dennis, this series is done, right? Yeah, I mean, LeBron James was asked though if he can make history. The only way you can win this is to make history. You've made history so many times before. You know the game. Uh, does that thought even cross your mind that? That that's the only way you can do it, and you'd like to make history again, obviously. Of course, that's the only mindset for me, for sure. Okay, there it is. The you know I love LeBron James, but I, I and I, I don't want to be the guy to doubt LeBron James. How but dare he? He's he's older, man, and we're deep in the playoffs now. I don't think this is could could the Lakers hypothetically, theoretically, could they win the next four games? I think they could. But the issue is the Nuggets are, A, very good. Jamal Murray is very good. Nikola Jokic is the greatest player on the planet. But the, they also have the ability to just wear the Lakers down. Mm-hmm. Anthony Davis, we know, you know, struggles with injuries from time to time. And LeBron James is just, it's a lot of tread that has been worn off the tires. He's going to be getting tired. You're, start, you're starting to see him actually look human, which is crazy. Plus, here's, how about this? how about this for data? Give me the stats. In the NBA, when a team trails 3-0, they are 0 for 139 in the series. It has never happened in the NBA. Okay. So what you're saying is it's history. in order for a team to come back down 0-3, basically have to go UMBC over Virginia type deal. No, essentially, that is that is the historical precedent that you're looking at. Well, Murphy's Law would tell us that this what can't will- go wrong will go wrong. What can happen could happen. Exactly. So what could go wrong for the Nuggets? You lose four straight games. I. It's interesting because when listening to uh, the the Nuggets head coach, he, he's he's been really harping like the chip on the shoulder, no one believes in us type mentality. Which I mean, like fair, I guess to an extent, you got to do what you got to do. Um, and and the media has given the Lakers a lot of love as they do because they are the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah, and you have LeBron James on your team. Exactly. I mean, if there's, I, I will phrase it like this: Do I think this is going to happen? No. If it were to happen, is it going to happen with a team like Los Angeles that plays good defense, that has Anthony Davis who can who dropped 40 in game one, mm-hmm. and who has LeBron James guiding the ship? If it's going to happen, this is how it would happen. All right, let's quit that. Let's hit this. You done messed up, A.A. Ron! Celtics are also down 3-0. Uh-oh. Yeah, so... 
That series is also done, right? Absolutely. Has to be done. Uh, here's actually Jalen Brown being down to a three. Well, let's just, it's pretty straightforward what he says. It's obvious, uh, obvious letdown. I feel like we let our fan base organization down. We let ourselves down. And it was collective. We can point fingers. Um, but in reality, it's just embarrassing. There you go. It's just embarrassing. He's talking like they just lost game four. Yeah. Like, I mean, and there, there are a lot of reasons why the Celtics are having all of this kind of fall apart around them. Um, you know, I, Joe Mazzula being the head coach, obviously, he, he was not supposed to be the head coach in this situation. He is a young guy. He's in over his head, which is okay. People get in over their head. It's just it's tough when you do that on a national spotlight like this. I, I don't think that's I, I think that's been a bit understated. The fact that yeah, he was not supposed to be the head coach of this team. Yeah, that he was just thrown into this unexpectedly in the off season before yes. the season started with the whole stuff with Emi Odoka uh, and the whole stuff with his issues in, in, in inappropriate, the front office, inappropriate relationships. relations. All that if there's stuff. anyone to blame, I mean, shoot, look at him. Like if, yeah. if you gotta wonder if 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 they. If that whole situation had not unfolded, if if he had done the right thing, they probably would be in a much better position right now. They they were playing the Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals last year, and they ended up winning. Uh-huh. And and here they are, the Heat crushing them. And this this Heat team is not better than the Heat team last year. They're just they. It is if if you listen to like some of the things like you know Dan Lebetard show and stuff like that, the Heat culture. Right? Uh, yes, Heat culture. It's a thing. Heard that enough? Eric Spolstra, man, what a guy. He what a what a coach. Him and Jimmy Butler are just this like two man wrecking crew that are just terrifying. And if it ends up being Nuggets Heat in the finals for the NBA, bring it. I would love that. Jimmy Butler gets a ring or Nikola Jokic gets a ring. Ooh! That'd be fun. But let's go ahead and quit that and hit this. We're sticking At with the, the NBA. The sticking with the NBA. Yep. Carmelo Anthony. Yeah. Is hanging it up. He is. He is announcing his retirement. Can we get a Can we get a round of applause for Carmelo yes, Anthony? Yes. Uh, yeah. I, ACC legend uh, Carmelo Anthony. Uh, even though there was Syracuse not in the ACC when they won the national championship, but it's crazy to think that guy was drafted the same year as LeBron. Him, him, and D Wade. Yeah, him, Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, all drafted the exact same year in two thousand and three, and. Obviously, he never won an NBA championship, which is fine. But I actually think something that is often overlooked about what he did with USA Basketball. Oh, yes. How great he was actually with USA Basketball and on the international level. When USA Basketball was struggling and they had to bring in guys like, for example, when Coach K took over USA Basketball, I think it was 2008, that Olympic year. The Redeem Team. The, the Redeem Team. He was part of that, and he, on the international level, was something actually pretty special to watch. Three gold medals. Yeah. Three and he, gold and, medals. And, and it's not like he was just riding the coattails because, again, Chris Paul and Dwayne Wade and LeBron and Kobe were on these teams. He was a major contributing factor on the international teams. I think that's something that's often overlooked with his career. I think one of the purely in-game best players I've seen play basketball in person mm-hmm. is... Gold is Olympics Carmelo. Yeah. It's almost a meme at this point, but it's true. He absolutely turned it up when it was in the Olympics and it was about winning gold for country. But I mean, 
the, Carmelo's career, I think, is one of those that where I just want to take ring culture, ring culture talk and just just punch yeah. him in the face and just throw it down because I, I know he hasn't won a ring, but you know he twenty two and ten at Syracuse, second team All American, NCAA champion. His number is retired at Syracuse, one of the one of the better college basketball programs in the world. Um, Carmelo, ten time All Star, six time All NBA. Three-time Olympic gold medalist, a scoring champion. He was on the NBA 75th anniversary team. He's one of the. He is one of the best pure scorers ever. Complex sports, by the way, tweeting all that out information right there in front of me. But yeah, it's just he. He is one of the greatest offensive players I think you will ever see in basketball, and he deserves his flowers and he deserves all the credit uh, that can be given. Uh, if he was in any other draft class that wasn't LeBron's, he'd be the best player in that draft class. You can honestly say he was only the third best in his draft class. With D. Wade With in there? Dwayne Wade? Yeah, I mean, sure. But that, that just kind of, again, but you talk about like the, the ring culture. I'm 100% with you on that. I think that's overblown because as a team award, not something what individuals have done. Like, for example, we how much how much are we loving Jimmy Butler right now? Sure. He's, he's only never, been to the NBA Finals once. Yeah, and he's never won a ring. And he's never won a ring, but he's only been to the Finals once. But there's guys with championships who catch way more flack. Yep. Like, Chris Ball's been to as many NBA Finals as Jimmy Butler has. Yes. But he catch catches way more than what Jimmy Butler does in terms of all that. The kind of ring stuff. culture. Ring culture is what it is. It's what it is, and that's why I don't uh, I don't jump in on it. All right, next one up. What? Let's put that and let's hit this. What about Rihanna rocking some Carolina Panthers? Mm. Rocking some Carolina Panthers stuff. I love this. Thank you, Riri. Um... Yeah, no, I mean, so she was in uh, Tokyo, Japan uh-huh. uh, at some kind of a party of some kind. Some and sort of event. You see her wearing a, a 95 Panthers jersey. Uh, it is not Derek Brown's jersey. Uh, it is his number, but it is not. It, listen, if I'm Derek Brown, I'm claiming that 100%. But it had the Panthers nameplate on the back of it. Uh, so the question that we should be asking is, is Rihanna truly a Panthers fan? Yeah, we're going to say that. Yes, absolutely, yes, 100% claim, she is. We claim, check. Okay, I, haven't, I haven't seen her wear any other jerseys of any other team, but what's the most recent one? Panthers, and we're just going to go ahead and claim that's, that, and that's that's I'm my not going to see anything else. Yeah, that, that's my headcanon. I think that's mm-hmm. fair, okay? Uh, and now, the qu- next question is, what does Rihanna wearing a Panthers jersey mean for the Panthers' future moving forward? I'd nothing. say nothing. Nothing? I think I think it means that they're going to shine bright like a diamond, Dennis Cox. Maybe they should. I I listen. You need the good vibes. I think I think that's a good example of the good vibes. Either way, let's quit that. Let's hit this. Brooks Kepka winning the PGA Championship, his fifth major. Sure, we'll go with that. Uh, he was dominant. Uh, there was a lot of concern in that final uh, day, that final round, because of what we saw from him fall apart in the Masters. Would he do it again in the PGA Championship up in New York this year? But he he handled it well. Uh, he. He pulled it out. He did great. But for so many, the story was Michael Block. Yep. A legend, a a course pro who was not supposed to be there in that situation, played out of his gourd as an amateur, qualified for the PGA Championship next year. Uh, he's he's going to be uh, – he's been offered an exemption for the, the Schwab uh, Invitational, I believe is what it is. I think so. Uh, later next week. I mean, it's it's so cool to see just people rally around someone. He dunked it on Sunday. He had the only ace of the entire tournament. I think it was the 15th hole. Yeah. And he just hits it straight up in the air. It comes straight down to the hole. Literally rips apart a part of the side of the hole out on its way in. 
Uh, and he was emotional, as you might expect, with all the love and admiration he got this week. You said it yesterday that this was the best week of your life. What do you call it now? Thanks, Amanda. I appreciate you making me cry. Um, it's, it's amazing. Uh, I'm living a dream. I'm making sure that I enjoy this moment. I've learned that after the my 46 years of life that uh, it's not going to get better than this. There's no way. No chance in hell. So uh, I'm going to enjoy this, and thank you. But yeah, Block, like you mentioned, got a call from the – the PGA tournament event next week got they have one last sponsor exemption. They gave him a call. He finished in the top ten, like you said, qualified for the PGA Championship major again next season. And this is a cool opportunity for someone who's 46, 47 years old, is a a club pro located down in Mission Viejo in Southern California, where he just basically just does golf lessons. That's all he does. He's he's the club pro at the at the at the course where he works. So he does golf lessons, teaching people how to play the game or, or perfect their game. And here he is on national television on, on the final round paired up with Rory McIlroy. Like, that's got to be super <laughs> cool. That's the equivalent of, like, for me, for example, I played lacrosse in college, but I play hockey now here just in local beer leagues and stuff. That's like me getting a chance to go play, like, next to Sebastian Ajo. Like, in an actual Canes game. Yeah. Like, that's the equivalent of that happening almost. It's something along those lines. So, it's super cool to see. He's living the dream out for a moment, which is which is really, really cool. All right. Let's quit that. Let's hit this. Ruffle the lion's feathers. Uh, let's get some uh, local NCAA stuff here real fast. Yeah. We'll finish off quickly with softball and baseball. Uh, Duke softball. A few other things with that. Well, Go on. There's plenty really quick. But Duke softball. Um, getting to its uh, getting to host its first super regional ever. Mm-hmm. It's the second time they've gotten there, but they're hosting after uh, beating Charlotte. Uh, they will host uh, Stanford later this week. Uh, shout out to the Blue Devils, and then the ACC baseball tournament gets started uh, tomorrow at Durham Bulls Athletic Park. A lot of great uh, fun it's going to be. It's going to be beautiful weather. Uh, NC State, Duke, uh, UNC, Wake Forest, all, all involved. It's yeah. going to be great. Carolina, Duke. NC State, Duke and NC State playing each other, but all three of those schools actually playing tomorrow. Mark Bergen and I will actually be broadcasting live out there as well. So, ACC baseball tournament taking place, but also NCAA-wise, uh, uh, UNC women's tennis beat yes. NC State women's tennis in the national championship. The national championship. ACC tournament. NC State had beat UNC in the ACC for the ACC title, but in the national championship, UNC takes down NC State for the national championship. And uh, Duke lacrosse onto the Final Four onto championship weekend as the number one seed in the men's NCAA lacrosse tournament. So a lot of local schools around here getting things done in regards to the NCAA tournament. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. 
With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Luis Fernandez, I know the Carolina Hurricanes are down 2-0, and a lot of fans, myself included, after the game one loss on Thursday, were like, Okay, that was a close one. Four overtimes. We didn't quite get a bounce. Seth Jarvis had a crossbar, little things like that. Okay, you know, we're going to be fine. We can win game two. and Everything's going to be fine moving forward. Panic meter wasn't super high, but a little nervous. Maybe it was like a four, five. And then they lose an overtime early on Saturday in overtime. We're like, oh, this oh, is not fun. Oh. Being down 2 nothing, having to go on the road. Panic meter was about a nine. It was about a nine. I'm gonna say the ten for when we're if if, if it's three if it's three if we're down three zero. Yeah, I'm gonna say the panic meter for ten at that time. But I I'm feeling good today in the sense that Carolina has shown time in and time out this series that they're not being outplayed, they're not outmatched, they're not being outskated. It's literally just been a couple bounces here and there. For example, on the game winning goal on Saturday. Somehow, Jacob Slavin's stick ends up in the skate of Brent Burns, who falls down trying to go cover Matthew Kachuk, who ends up being wide open to score the game winner. Yeah. Like, it's little things like that that are like, ah, like, why? Why'd that happen? But again, it's a small moment. Give Florida all the credit in the world. They had an opportunity, and they cashed in on it. Something Carolina hasn't been doing with all their opportunities. But when Florida needed it, they got it done, and it was their stars getting it done. But again, it's not like Carolina has been outskated at all in this series. No, no. It's not a situation like we were just talking about the NBA. It's not a situation where you feel like one team is chasing the other team off the yeah. court, off the ice. It is it is neck and neck. Uh, this is the first time in NHL uh, history that both Game 1 and Game 2 in the Eastern and Western Conference Final have gone to overtime. So this is, this is a trend. This is a theme. But the issue is... You, you have to win game three. So for me, the panic meter is at like a seven, seven and a half, uh, you know, mostly just because of the situation. It is now a best of five, and you have to win four of the five. Yeah. That's just, when when you put it like that, I think it's just, it kind of brings home how difficult of a situation this, with this is. It's not impossible, but it's difficult. It, I mean, and you, you mentioned like the goals, mm-hmm. like it's really, it's the smallest things. Yeah. It's the both, both goals that the Panthers had, um, in game two, it's just essentially, in that case, it was Antti Ranta, just one-on-one, essentially. Barkov mm-hmm. going between his legs. He didn't do that because he was showboating. He did, he did that because that's how he needed to score. You know, it's it's um, it's uh, Kachuk going in there and getting the rebound and, and putting it back in and over time. It's, it's, the margins are so razor thin. Mm-hmm. It's, they're so razor thin. And something that I would like to see, from the Carolina Hurricanes. I get panic levels about a 7. But I'm not I'm not freaked out. Freaked out's again like 9. Yeah. But panic levels about a 7. Like I'm tense like this is a must win like this is true must win. Yes. But I would like to see the stars for the Carolina Hurricanes really make their presence known. They got to. Seth Jarvis, Stephen Nason, Jalen Chatfield. In 10 periods of hockey, those are the three guys that have scored gold, score goals in 10 periods of hockey. It's not trying to diss those three guys, but I need Martin Natus, who has an assist. 
I need Sebastian Ajo as a pair of assists. I need Brent Burns. I need Jordan Stahl. I need these guys to put the puck in the net. These are the guys, again, when it matters most, need to make the plays. Because, for example, Alexander Barkov has two goals for Florida. Who has both overtime winners? It's Matthew Kachuk. Yep. Carter Verhage has a goal. It's the star guys. It's the top line or top two line guys that have been getting it done in crunch time for the Florida Panthers. And again, Carolina's right there without their star players scoring. Seth Jarvis, I consider a star player, uh, yeah. has a goal and an assist. He was great he's, in game number uh, one. He's been the best player but, of the series for the, the Hurricanes. But sure. hey, Tevo Teravainen, I need you to bury that shot, that that ridiculously awesome pass that Martin Natchez sent your way. you got to bury that one. Yes, Sergei Bobrovsky gave himself every chance he could to make the save, and he did. But you got to finish that. You can't shoot back to the middle of the net where Bobrovsky's coming from. Well, and and I think that's part of it. It's like it is a it's just a kind of negative feedback loop, right? Mm-hmm. Where Bobrovsky plays incredibly well in game one. Uh, Hurricanes players almost said Panthers again. Hurricanes players start getting their head a little bit. You start rushing your opportunities. You're hitting towards the middle of the net. You're hitting him in, in the in the chest, in the body, in the belly. I mean, and sure, like. He has played incredibly well, but you have to make it as difficult as possible on him. Mm-hmm. You you got to be hitting the corners. You got to make him reach and extend for it. You got to make it so that you know you're covering his face and he's having to make a move at the very last second to try and get there. You have to make it hard on him. And right now, it just feels like it is this negative feedback loop of he's playing well. Oh no, we rush. He's playing well. Oh no, we rush. He's playing well. And you, you can't you can't let that happen. You have to stay in control. You have to stay cool, calm, and collected. I mean, I agree. I think the the stars have to be the stars. When you get to the conference finals, that's how you win. The stars have to be stars. I look at um in, in the NBA. There's this rule that I, I listen to on on Twitter. It's the the two one one rule, which is in the NBA playoffs in general, you mm-hmm. need to win a series. Your best player has to win you two games. Your second best player has to win you one game, and your role players have to win you one game. And so right now you're having the role players step up for the Hurricanes. Now you need the best guys to step up and and help elevate them. Because if 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 Aho comes out here and, and is Aho for the rest of the series, I'll, I'll take the Hurricanes winning four of the next five. Speaking of Aho, he talked about that tonight being a real tough test. It's a, it's a big test for us to just you know sticking with it and and keep doing the the work we, we want to do and to play the way we want to play. Uh, I don't think. Uh, I mean, here and there, we probably, you know, want to do some details better. And I'm sure we will we'll watch videos uh, more tomorrow and maybe tonight, tonight uh, about them and, and about us. And, and just, uh, it's it just the interest, you know, it, like, like I said, it's not a bad effort. And it's, it's like, it's not like they, they've been that much better than us, these games. They, I mean, OTs, it could go either way, obviously. Uh, we're down to we we want to just focus to to win a hockey game tomorrow. He's right. There hasn't been this huge difference between them. It's just been inches, inches deciding who's up to nothing in the series right now, and and it's going to be inches that decide if the Carolina Hurricanes are going to get back in this thing. And we know we have to get four, right? Carolina has to get four, but. You gotta get one first. That's true. You like, gotta just, get one first. Just go get one. Don't think about it in the sense of, well, we gotta win two down here in Florida. We gotta win four of the next five. 
Just go win the first. You can't get to four. You can't get to three or two unless you take care of one. And that's really what it comes down to for them. Just take care of the first one. And I think if they win this one tonight, things are going to look up for Carolina. Because I think Florida's going to realize, oh, yeah, that team over there is really good. And we may actually just felt like we escaped from those games up up in Raleigh with those wins in overtime. Now, here's the thing as well. Florida Panthers are only two and three at home in the playoffs. Only two and three. Only two and three. At home. Carolina last year didn't win an, a road playoff game. They're three and two on the road this postseason. So yeah, it can be done. It can be done. That's, and and I, I think I think they do. I think they get game three and then we'll see what happens after that. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.